0: Hello, this is Reverend Judith Laxer. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast of our service entitled Soulful. We recognize that people are tuning in all over the globe, and we are so grateful that you're here. My wish is that the food for thought offered nourishes your soul. The Gaius Temple Ministry is sustained by generous donations such as yours, and we need your financial support. If everyone donated just $3 each time they listen and receive the service, that reciprocity would ensure our continuance. If you feel served by listening and wish to donate to help support our ministry, please push the donate button now and give generously. We'd be most grateful. Thank you and blessed be. Well, I want to begin this service by thanking the remarkable priestesses who created and led our recent Samhain celebration. Reverend Elizabeth Zinda, Carrie Allen, Lillian Fairchild, Sue Ellen Mealy, and Joanne Kohlinger. I had just returned the night before from Greece and Crete and was entirely too jet-lagged to attend, not to mention I was grappling with the virus. Um I am deeply grateful for the marvelous job that they did that all of them did, that all of you did, if you're here in attendance, in leadership for our community. And also deeply grateful to know that these Sabbaths will continue in Gaia's Temple, even when I can't attend. You can't begin to know how wonderful that feels to me on such a deep soul level. So thank you so much. And I say this every time, pretty much after every Sabbath, if you, first of all, if you haven't attended one of our Sabbaths, please do. So you can see how great the magic is. And if you haven't stepped up in leadership for one of these Sabbath celebrations, give it a go. It's not only that it's such a great community service, but it's very personally empowering and you don't really have to be all that experienced. And trust me, you don't need to be shy. We will provide all the guidance and support that you need and you can participate at a level that you feel comfortable with, but do volunteer so you can start to get used to it because it's just a blast and I don't want you to miss out on it. All right. So thank you so much to all of those priestesses and Blessed Samhain to you all. Greece and Crete. Oh my goddess! What a magnificent time I had on this pilgrimage, and what spurred this on. Actually, three years ago, that the pandemic kept you know putting off was the international convocation of priestesses, uh, which was the vision of Anique Radiant Heart, who is the high priestess of the global goddess. Um, temple in Australia. And the purpose of this convocation was to uplift the feminine. Of course, I had to be there. More specifically, to raise the mother world. And this is how I want to describe the mother world to you, because there's many different ways that we uplift the feminine, of course, including to make priestesses, to return priestesses to their rightful, known public role in our communities and societies, but specifically to raise the mother world was described to us this way. To shift the paradigm of our culture and society from the top down to one in which populations with the most need are placed at the center of the circle. And they are tended to first. Whoever has the most need is placed in the center. They are centralized and taken care of first. Then those with more access and agency and resources are the ones who tend to them. So this is a beautiful model of wholeness instead of privilege, And exclusion, which is what happens in a top-down society. This was the vision, to raise that mother world. And at this first convocation, because they are talking about the next one being in 2024, two years from now, um, it was to do a lot of healing that needs to happen within the goddess community so that we as a community, as a global community, can do this work to raise the mother world and to uplift the feminine. And I'll tell you, there are many magnificent things that I took away from this convocation, but the one thing I think that perhaps overarches all of it is that people all over the globe are doing this work. Now, it's not like I didn't know that, But it's very easy when you're doing your work or when you're only interacting with your own community, or maybe you have a few friends on Facebook or social media, and so you hear about this and that and the other, but you can start to feel a little isolated. And then with the way the world is going, sometimes you feel like, you know, you're Sisyphus, just trying to keep climbing up that hill just to roll back down. Leading this convocation, knowing women from all over, knowing women and men from all over the globe... Not everyone has their own temple, uh, but all of them are doing temple work. All of us on some level identified as priestesses in our spiritual authority with this mission. And it just did my soul such good. Uh, Just so wonderful to know that we're not alone in this. So when you feel that despair, don't despair. We hear about what's awful. We don't always hear about what's wonderful. But I wanna tell you about what's wonderful here today with some of the stuff that took place over there. So there were five other women that accompanied me representing Guy's Temple at this convocation, Reverend Karina Frenzel, Pamela Gerke, Colleen Colrus, Brandon Miller, and Jennifer White. And uh, we invoked the element of water at the opening ceremony. We released it at the closing ceremony, as well as offering a healing water blessing with ancient water uh, to everyone on the beach at Malia on Crete, or Malia at Crete, which is an ancient uh, sacred site. Uh, And it was very, very lovely. Of course, it was very powerful. And I want to talk just a little bit about that ancient water. Uh, One of the women who originally... uh, uh, Julianne Kohlinger, who's one of our priestesses for Samhain, she was originally going to be accompanying us. Of course, the date changed as the convocation got postponed because of COVID, and then the ultimate date was not one that she could attend. But she is a marine biologist, and in one of her excursions brought back what's called ancient water, which is they go out, in, they went out into the Pacific on a ship and took up a sample from five miles down into the Pacific Ocean five miles down, and they pulled up water that hasn't been touched or affected by anything on the surface of the planet in at least 2,000 years, and they called it ancient water. So they bring up this sample because they're looking for all kinds of things, you know, salinity and pollution and microbes or whatever else they're looking for. And when they got enough samples, there was still some left over. And Julianne said, what are you going to do with that water? And they said, oh, we're just going to, you know, toss it over the side. And she said, Ooh, I think I know somebody who would want that water. And so she took it and she gifted some to me and we brought it with us. And that's the water that we use to do this healing blessing. And it It was just so powerful and so magnificent, Um, really quick, a little quicker than we thought. We thought we had more time. She gave us more time to do this blessing. So we had to kind of truncate it at the last moment, but I don't think it was any less powerful because of that. So that was our role as priestesses. But then we participated in everything else that was offered and there were contributions from so many different people from different countries and different traditions. It was just gorgeous. So the next thing that I want to talk about is the men at the convocation. There were six gorgeous men at this convocation, including one who was founded the goddess temple of Greece. Of Greece. How, how beautiful and wonderful is that, that this wonderful man founded a temple for the goddess. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that just like makes me go, oh, I think we're going to be all right, you know. Each day there were different workshops and different sessions and on one of them was a blood mysteries ritual. I can't tell you the details of this ritual, of course, but I can tell you that the name of it was Reclaiming the Eucharist. And at some point in the ritual, we processed outside of the temple space out into nature to complete a ritual gesture. And when I walked out of the temple, the six men were standing, facing outward, standing guard. They were standing sentinel. They were protecting us. And I walked out and I saw them and just started to cry because the idea and the reality that there were men who were protecting our sacred rights was just so magnificent and beautiful to behold. And the kind of thing you hear about, but you don't always see and you don't always experience. Now we have gorgeous and beautiful men in our community here in Gaia's Temple. And I want you fellas to know that you are not alone. There are men all over this globe who are worshiping the goddess and who are honoring and respecting women and protecting us in our work to uplift the feminine. And I can tell you that these men were no less masculine for the fact that they were upholding the feminine. It was truly a magnificent and emotional moment that I don't think I will ever forget. So the, um, there were a few other things that I wanted to say about this. So after this uh, ritual gesture was complete, we all came back inside the temple. The leaders, these two wonderful women, uh, one I know was from Romania. I don't remember where the other woman was from, but both of them were from Eastern Europe. And they uh, told us now that it was time that we were going to ask the men to come back in, but it was time for us to clean up the altar because these were women's mysteries and they weren't for the men to see. I thought that was beautiful also. And then the drummers started their drumming, and the men were uh, processed back in to the space, and we surrounded them, and we acknowledged them, and thanked them for their role in our ritual. They were not upset. Uh, They didn't feel excluded or disrespected because they weren't inside at the Women's Mysteries. And uh, it was just the most magnificent thing. Later on, or some other time, not too long after, Anique shared with the greater circle about something that she noticed and witnessed when she was with the high priestess of Avalon, Kathy Jones, and her husband, Mike, in Glastonbury, in Avalon. And she noticed that when Kathy Jones was in her work, her husband was always standing just a little bit behind her. Like, all the rest of the time, they were side by side in social situations. But when Kathy stepped up as high priestess in her work, her husband was always standing a little bit behind her. And Anique remarked about that, and she went up to Mike and said, you know, I noticed this, and I, I just wonder about it. And Mike's response was, well, I have her back. And so that was another magnificent thing to feel, to notice, and to know that Mike didn't feel any less than, he wasn't being subservient by standing behind her, he was demonstrating that he had her back, that he was protecting her from behind, that she could feel free and safe to do her work full out because he had her back. This was just such a magnificent thing. And this was a deeply healing thing for me and I'm sure for many of the people there to know that the men who so respect and support the raising of the mother world, who so respect women's mysteries, that they don't for a moment seek or need to be included in them. There are indeed, just as women don't expect to be included in men's mysteries, there are indeed times for women and men to experience spiritual aspects uh, related to their gender in spaces comprised of only their gender. And I think that that's very healthy. I also think that it makes the coming together again very, very powerful as was demonstrated by all of us dancing and celebrating uh, these wonderful men and the beautiful mysteries uh, at the end of that ritual. This was a demonstration of love. It was a demonstration of nothing less than love. Powerful, beautiful, healing love. So Mari, let's hear love song now.
1: I have to say it will be simple but it true until you give your love there's nothing more than you give me love is the only way Say it's very hard to leave behind the life we knew. But there's no other way now, it's really up to you. Love is the king, we must turn, truth is the friend, we must burn, freedom is the best that we must learn, you know what I need. Every rise beneath the sea. Dada love Dada opening can't be do the Don't to you to the Do you know what I mean? Have been Do you know what I mean. Do you know what I mean? Have you rise,
0: really? See, you know what I mean? That was Dennis Griffiths singing Elton John's song. Thank you, Dennis. So beautiful. So beautiful. So, you know, my experience at this pilgrimage can only be described in one word, and that is soulful, and hence the name of this service. From the moment I met my cohort at SeaTac Airport before we took off and everything that happened, including missing my connecting flight from London to Athens due to security lines, every part of it deeply affected my soul. So, of course, I had to look up the word soul. I can't believe I never looked up the word soul. And Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines soul as, A, the immaterial essence, animating principle, or actuating cause of an individual life. Wow, I love that. The immaterial essence. I think that's just a magnificent description. Another one is the spiritual principle embodied in human beings, all rational and spiritual beings, or the universe, the spiritual principle. Another is the moral and emotional nature of human beings, the quality that arouses emotion and sentiment. So I love how uh, something immaterial can be animating and actuating, actuating, what causes a life, what actuates a life. That's where faith comes in, right? Believing in the immaterial. We can't touch it, we can't hold it, we can't put our finger on it, and yet we know that it is absolutely true and present and real. I love the definition also, the quality that arouses emotion and sentiment. This one in particular is true for me about this experience. It was deeply emotional. I pretty much cried my way through the whole thing. And uh, it created strong sentiments in me, everything from sharing the experience with my cohort sisters and meeting all these magnificent women there at the convocation, these women and men, and also the work that was done there, which is where I want to go next. The magical and healing energy gathered was created with deep and specific focus on repairing relationships and sister wounds within the goddess community and the purpose of this is so that we can heal and become a, univi- a unified uh, force to raise the mother world if we're wounded and not in right relationship with each other it's not going to happen or it's not going to happen easily that's for sure so one of, the, one of my colleagues there is a wonderful priestess named Yesha Matthews, and I had met her a couple of years ago but got to know her a lot more on this trip. Uh, she is the founding priestess of the Goddess Temple of Mount Shasta in California, and she wrote the following about this work done at, um, in her newsletter, and it was so articulate and well-stated that, that I sought and received permission from her to read it and share it with you now. And so this is what Yesha says, about the healing that took place there. She says, low vibrational energies between women can manifest as the behaviors of jealousy, gossip, rejection of women's earned elderhood and leadership, ageism, social media popularity contests, financial competition, relationship dysfunction, failure to credit sources and or plagiarism, and disregard for the impact that one's actions might have on other women. Wow, that's one power-packed sentence right there. Instead of propagating these kinds of behaviors, attendees of this convocation committed to each becoming aware of, analyze, and change at least one thing we are doing that resonates within that lower vibrational field. We really looked into our souls to see the places where we have intentionally and unintentionally represented these behaviors, and we invite others to do the same. She says it's easy to see these problems outside of ourselves, and it's much harder to look into the black mirror of shadow work and admit that you have been part of the problem. As a global goddess community, we certainly have our work cut out for us, disentangling the knotted threads that bind us to unhelpful patterns. At the same time, we have so much support when we can be in the light of honesty and non-judgment around our missteps and failures. It feels really good to cleanse the soul by admitting, I'm human. I've messed up before, and I'll probably mess up again. But I'm always learning, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm in a global sisterhood of women who are willing to talk it over and fix it together for the benefit of our world. Thank you, Yesha, for those beautiful words. Every one of us has been impacted, and in many cases, we have internalized patriarchal conditioning. Taking responsibility for our own low energy actions is part of identifying and detoxing the patriarchal conditioning that harms us all. A lot of that conditioning is the result of our fear of being persecuted as women, as politically vulnerable persons, as mothers elders, and as witches. In many cases, our negative actions are responses to trauma and anxiety. These low-level behaviors aren't truly who we are, but they are the result of our wounding." So that's what Yesha said in her newsletter. So the first thing that I want to point out about this or draw out of it is that she refers to the shadow-like behaviors as low-level vibrations. I thought that was pretty brilliant. As metaphysical beings, right, we understand that the higher the vibration, the cleaner, the more loving, the more healing the energy is. That's the kind of energy we all want to be living within. And we can look at these behaviors everywhere in our world. For example, in the division in our politics these days, as our negative response to it, and we can know that that is low level, right? It drags, it drags everything down. When we are behaving in these ways, it's just a drag. It's a drag on everybody. It's not clean, it's not loving, and it's not healing. Our job is to raise the vibration on the planet to uplift the qualities of purity and love and healing. That's our job. I also like how she says, I'm grateful that I'm in a global sisterhood of women who are willing to talk it over and fix it together for the benefit of our world. That's what we experienced there at the convocation. And I'd like us all to remember that we are part of a global sisterhood, part of a global brotherhood, and that the work we are doing is for the benefit of the world. You know, I know sometimes it's easier for me to keep working on the difficult stuff when I know that it's for the world when I know it's for something beyond myself because if it's only for me it's like oh well it's just for me it's no big deal right I keep going to that poor self-esteem place but if I know that the work that I'm doing is affecting the greater good I'm in no matter how tough it is I might retreat every once in a while lick my wounds but I come back and it's easier to do that when you know it's for the greater good so I love that she talked about that. And I love that there, there was this space created where we could talk about how we wound others and have a safe and sacred space to have that conversation so that we could then talk about how to heal it. Um, Next, I like how she uh, reminds us that when we behave this way, it's not who we truly are, right? That this is how we have been conditioned to behave based on what we've been conditioned to believe. So when we feel jealous of someone else, for instance, we have been conditioned to scarcity, right? We believe that if someone else has what we want, then we will never be able to get it because they already have it, right? But it's not a limited supply, right? What is that thing? It's not pie, there's not only so much. there's plenty. there's plenty enough for everyone. Instead, we can look at someone who has something that we have and we don't uh, we can say, "Wow, see, it's possible. How did they do that? What can I learn from them? What steps can I take to emulate them so that instead of just going to the low level of envy and scarcity and jealousy we can rise to say oh this is saying there's the presence of good things that i also want how do i go about it let me learn about that raise 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 the vibrational energy same situation you still might not yet have what it is that you want but instead of going in the downward spiral you're starting to raise upward that's our job that's what we do as conscious spiritual beings when we shed these low-level behaviors, we pull another conditioned layer away from, and therefore we are freeing up our souls so we can live more soulfully, moment to moment, no matter what's going on, living from the soul, not from the ego. So... Uh, when we remove what truly isn't ours, then we can foster the qualities of those higher vibrational energies and we can truly be who we are. Our soul can then shine through. We can lead from that untarnished place in our souls and contribute to the much needed high level energies on our beautiful planet called home. So I'm gonna ask you now if you would once more to close your eyes and go within. And take a moment now to re-establish your connection to your grounding cord that we put down at the beginning of the service. And if you came in after the service began, go ahead and ground yourself first. Make sure your roots are firm and strong and deeply stable inside the mother. And then take another really deep cleansing breath. And as you exhale, bring your attention to your third eye in the center of your forehead and imagine it like an actual eye, just like your other two. And go ahead and open it up and look out through it into your imagination. And find yourself sitting indoors on the warm side of the window in a cozy chair, your favorite chair. And perhaps you have a hot cup of tea with you or a blanket over your knees or Maybe your kitty or your puppy is on your lap. You feel warm and safe and comfortable looking out on a late autumn afternoon just as the light is beginning to diminish. Shadows are beginning to crawl across the landscape. And it brings to mind the shadowy places in your own deep psyche. And so in the safety of this place, you can find it more easy to think about these shadowy places within yourself without blame or shame or negative judgment. You don't feel the need to chastise yourself for being human and therefore inherently flawed. All humans are inherently flawed and you are human too. It's okay. Now let your eyes rest on one of the shadows that you see outside the window. And as you do, it brings to mind a low-level behavior that you have engaged in in the past. It could be a one-time event that when you look back at it, you, you wish you hadn't behaved that way. But it could also be something that's kind of ongoing, like a way of being a way of thinking or feeling that brings you to low-level behavior again and again and again. You know, Maybe it was a time you were jealous of someone else's success. Or maybe it was a time when you tried to control those around you limiting their power. Or maybe it was a time when you competed for attention. Or maybe you became defensive. Or maybe your anxiety caused you to behave like a child instead of the adult that you are. Some behavior that you would deem part of low-level vibration that drags the energy down, that doesn't help a situation, and that comes from the ego's desire to feel powerful rather than the soul's desire to be empowered through sharing power. So perhaps you find one that's common for you, And there may be many examples of this in your human life, your very human life, but just bring one to mind right now. And stay with it for a moment. Notice how it feels to acknowledge this in yourself. Don't try to justify it or even condemn your behavior. Just acknowledge it. Acknowledge its existence. Allow yourself to recognize how your ego and not your soul is active when you find yourself behaving this way. And you know, it may feel uncomfortable to feel this, but do stay with it for just a moment. Try to stretch yourself, stretch your capacity by just staying with it for a moment. Let compassion for your human frailty help you to stay here. And as you do, see if you can determine why this behavior happens. If you're jealous, what are you jealous of? If you're competitive, what is it that you want to win? That sort of thing. Source it. What gives rise to this behavior? It's not random. It happens for a reason. What is that reason? Good. Now, I'd like you to think of one thing that you can do when you feel this way. When you feel or notice this low-level behavior beginning, that will disrupt it. One thing you can think or remember or put into action that will derail the automatic response of this behavior so that you can rise above it and live into a higher vibration. One thing you can do that brings you into a more loving and healed way of being from your soul. What is it that you can do in the moment to raise the vibe in your life when this behavior emerges from your shadow. Determine what that one thing is. Good, and it could be a very simple thing, just a little reminder, a little interruption, a little disruption. It's good to know that becoming aware of this behavior and all its mechanisms that give you enough time to make a conscious change in how you behave so you can feel better about your vibration, the vibration that you're contributing to the world so that you can free up and live from your soul. Good. So take another really deep conscious breath. And as you exhale, gently bring yourself back here to Guy's temple. And when you feel ready, gently open your eyes again. Remember what that thing is that you're going to do. Remember that you're going to notice when that low-level energy begins through that behavior. And then you're going to remind yourself of this, or you're going to do this, you're going to, you know, whatever it is that you determined. Remember what that is so you can put it into action. Now listen, I know when you go, for I know firsthand that when you go on a pilgrimage, when you step away from your everyday life into the extraordinary, when you visit sacred sites and have the blessed opportunity to spend day after day in sacred space with like-minded individuals on a mission to raise something as precious as the mother world, It's easy to live soulfully, right? Everything is conducive to that. Everything supports coming from that soul place. There are no mundane chores, distractions, no pressures from the outside. It's a very welcome bubble that you're in when you go and do that sort of thing. But the work of living soulfully can happen moment to moment, no matter what else is going on. It takes a conscious effort, of course, Even mundane tasks can take on a soulful quality with consciousness. Washing dishes, for example, becomes a metaphor for cleaning away low-level vibrations. Emptying the garbage, same thing. Doing the laundry, the same thing. Even work tasks in our professions, things we don't especially care for, take on a soul quality when we view them in the big picture. Right? So like this data entry that I'm doing right now, that's part of a larger project. I'm contributing my part to the bigger picture. If I remember what that bigger picture is, I'll get through the data entry a little more soulfully, a little less resentfully, coming from a higher vibration. Remain mindful of feeling jealous and petty and competitive and gossipy, that sort of thing, and see if you can release those low-level vibrations and raise them up to admiration, sister and brotherhood, holding confidence, etc. Simply put, living soulfully means taking the high road. There are times when it would be so satisfying to respond in kind and stay in the low road Get it, right. But if we take the high road, we ultimately feel better. And I do this time and time again, and I am a flawed human for sure, and I make my mistakes for sure. But I do this time and time again. When I get into that place, I try to imagine myself way in the future, hopefully way in the future, when I'm lying on my deathbed and I'm looking back over my life. What do I want to say about how I behaved? I want to say that I took the high road, that what I contributed was high-level vibrational energy, healing, loving. That helps me sometimes right then and there in the moment. So, my friends, Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, is right around the corner. Most of us will gather around a table to share a feast and hopefully be grateful for that feast. We also know that when we gather around a table, there are sometimes family and friend dynamics that can be a little less than loving and wonderful. We've got history with people, and sometimes that history rears its ugly little head, even in a lovely holiday celebration. So this is where we wanna to choose to let our soul shine, where we want to take the high road in every instance. You might fight with your sister, your brother, your brother in law, your husband, your whoever, whatever, some other time, but on the holiday of Thanksgiving, take the high road. That means this way, these ways. These are some ways I can suggest. Change the subject when it gets dicey. They start talking about politics, you comment on how gorgeous the autumn leaves are. Keep good boundaries. No, thank you. Give the benefit of the doubt. Uh, she probably didn't mean that. Ask for help so it's not all on your shoulders. And remember the reason for the holiday, right? It's the bounty of Mother Earth in season. Leave the holiday feeling proud of yourself. When the holiday is over, feel proud of yourself that you contributed to that high-level vibration in every way that you possibly could. Make it smooth and easy. Forgiveness and grace for everyone, no matter what's going on. Behave in a way that makes it easy and desirable to meet up again. Like Don't leave it with an ick. Leave it with all the good stuff, all the love. Put the love on there like you salt your mashed potatoes. As time goes on and we grow older, my friends, it is best to focus on the good, to care for those who need it most, to drop the competition, to share the bounty, to remember that life is a circle and the years just keep rolling on by. So that's a cue for our last song, Mari.
1: All my life's a circle, sunrise and sundown. Oh, down through the night time, to the daybreak. Oh, all my life's a circle, but I can't tell you. why. Oh, Seasons spinning around again. The years keep pulling by Seems like I've been here before,
0: I can't remember
1: when. I have this funny feeling that we'll all be together again. Those straight lines make up my life, all my rooms have bands. There's no new time for beginning. and so far I'm dead in. I found you a thousand times, I you've done the same. and mm-hmm. memories mm-hmm. each other, it's just like a truth game. As I find you here again, the thought runs through my mind. The is like a circle, and let's go round one more time. All my nights a circle, sunrise and sundown. All the colds to the nighttime, till the daybreak comes around. All my nights a circle, but I can't tell you. you know, the years keep rolling by.
0: I just love that old folk song. Thank you so much, Dennis Griffiths, for singing uh, Harry Chapin's song, circle song. So my friends, well my friends, may the circle of your life encompass all uh, those that you love and that you can well care for and that you care for them soulfully. May every moment of your life be experienced from the highest level vibration that you can muster, and may that mustering bring you energy and vitality to spare. In this way, may your soulful living be easily sustainable and contribute to the highest good. May you receive the nourishment from Mother Earth's bounty, and may it nourish you deeply, body, mind, and soul. May your blessings be too many to count, not only on the day we have designated to count our blessings, but throughout all your days. Know that I count you among my blessings. Happy Thanksgiving and blessed be.